Happy Advent and welcome to the She Reads Truth podcast. She Reads Truth creates beautiful, accessible Bible reading plans and resources to help you get into God's Word every day. Each week here on the podcast, we talk about what we're going to read together as a community this week. I'm your host, Amanda Bible Williams. And I'm your other host, Rachel Myers. And y'all, this is week one of our long-awaited Advent series. Amanda, tell us a little bit about Advent. Okay. If this is your first Advent with us, Advent is simply a season on the church calendar. And the church calendar is a way that the church with a capital C for centuries has sort of structured the year to orient themselves to Jesus and to the gospel and to the Lord. And so Advent is the season leading up to Christmas Day. And the word means arrival. And that's what we will do in this reading plan. We will talk about the arrival of Jesus, and we will anticipate His second Advent, His second arrival. That's exactly right. And here we are at the arrival of Advent. Yay! And for this first week, we are joined by a dear friend. Beth Redman is with us. She is a Bible teacher, disciple maker. She is a woman who loves God and His Word and her family. She is a mom to five, as she puts it, and a wife to Matt Redman. And she is just such a fantastic first guest for this series. You're going to love everything that she has to say. Let's get right to it. Beth Redman, I am so thrilled to have our very first episode of the Advent season with you as our guest. Welcome to the She Reads Truth podcast. So lovely to be back with you both. It's been two years, and two mm-hmm. years ago, we had Matt with you, but sorry, Matt. There, Just one, the girls One today. person rose to the top for a re-invite. <laughs> Matt's in the kitchen holding everything together, He'll so everything. much respect to him. Yeah, <laughs> That's wonderful. I'm grateful that he's sharing you. I'm so excited, first of all, that it is Advent. This is obviously airing on day two of Advent, because day one is was yesterday. It was Sunday. That's right. The first Sunday of Advent. And this is, Beth, this is our 12th Advent as a She Reads Truth community. Isn't that fun? A solid dozen. A solid dozen. I love that. All the people that have come with you on the journey, I love that. Isn't that wonderful? And it's, I mean, you're right, all the people, like it is... It is for sure our most widely participated plan of each year. And so I just love, I want to like, even just like, hey, welcome. Like anybody who's coming and listening that's new to the community. I mean, we prayed before we began that this episode, that this Advent plan, that just opening our Bibles together as a community would just draw you in and make you more in love with God and His Word. And I think no better season than Advent, no better time than now. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But welcome. We're so glad you're here. Yeah, we are. Beth, what is Advent? We may have asked you this two years ago, but I don't remember the answer. I was going to say, what does Advent look like for the Redmond family? But I think I would, I want to ask like specifically to you, Kind of what is your relationship to this season of the church calendar? Because we have a lot of people every year who tell us, like, you know, I've been a believer for many years, but this is the first time that I've really engaged in observing Advent, which is so wonderful because we love to be kind of their first foray into the Advent season. But what has your relationship with Advent been like over the years? Yeah, that's a great question. And and I love that the first Advent ever was God has sent His Son, Jesus, in the flesh. He yeah. is coming. Mm-hmm. And now what it means to me is that He's coming again. Mm-hmm. Yes. That we're not just looking ahead and getting through so we can get to Christmas Day and make it all about us. But it's that chance to say, no, this is real. When we open our Bibles today, friends, This is the Word of God that is alive and active. It can speak to us. It can change our lives. It can prophesy to us. It can comfort us. It can heal us. But ultimately, the Word of God and the season of Advent is saying to me, Beth, your life is basically its purpose and it's waiting. And it's waiting for the day either I go to be with Him or He returns. And it is an absolute. He is coming. He came and He is coming again. So that's what Advent means to us as a family. This is real. And that's why I love, I mean, it feels like you just literally set up exactly what our Advent reading plan is for this year, Beth, or for any year, because that's what's true. Every day of the year, but 
in our reading, we're going to look at what has already happened, what is already true, and what is true because we know that he who promises is faithful, like will come to pass. And we're going to get to look at, well, he is both the great high priest and the sacrifice, and he will reign as the great high priest yeah. forever. Like, And we're going to get to look at those things even this week, what has already happened and what we cannot wait, but we yet sit in the waiting for what will come to pass for his return in that like completion of everything new. Yes. So good. I love that. I think that Advent for me, always kind of gets me in my feels a little bit (laughs) because, you know, the holidays can do that, right? And not always in like a hooray way, but often in a, oh, all of the aches and pains and longings and unmet hopes, (laughs) things like that, that we have in our lives that we carry around with us all through the year it seems that they start to sort of bubble to the surface around the holidays, you know, and especially like if there are people that we are missing for Mm -hmm. the, you know, this year for the first time or for, you know, many years, it makes us aware of what's missing yeah, and of what we have, I think too. And so it's what I think is so beautiful about this specific reading plan this year is that we really are going to look at who is Jesus and how is mm-hmm. he the one, the only one yeah. who meets yeah. all of those longings, right. the individual ones that we hold and the ones that we hold corporately That's right. as humans, mm-hmm. right? And how is he the fulfillment of every promise? You know, that verse in Corinthians that, that every promise of God is yes in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And yes. so we're going to go kind of slowly with sort of name by name and look at different names for Jesus in Scripture, in the stories that illustrate those names. And I think that it's a really good way to both acknowledge the longing and the need that we have for Him and look at the way that He fulfills that Mm -hmm. and remember the reality, like you said, Beth, like things that are true all year long, but we need to remember that it's real. Yeah, we do. And the Advent season is so... It's full of wonder, like that build up, that anticipation. But it's also really important, like you say, to acknowledge that sometimes when you reach that day, when you reach Christmas Day, the year was already hard or there was already loss or, or waiting. It's sometimes so often amplified and it can be a really painful time, a really painful season. So I love that we start off looking at Simeon right at the beginning, you know, when you open this beautiful Advent book and you think, what was he called to? He was called to not yet seeing and just carrying on waiting. And yet he didn't lose his hope. He didn't lose his faith, even when he didn't yet see the Messiah, the Savior of the world. And I think that can be such a beautiful place for us to direct our thoughts of, yep, it's the 25th, and I'm still waiting, and I'm still hoping, and I'm not seeing, but where are you, Jesus? Jesus, you are here by your Holy Spirit, and you are coming again, and everything will be as it's meant to be. Mm. And I love that. I was talking to a friend this week, and they were likening their situation to like being in a storm. And I was like, well, can you, you know, can you see Jesus in the boat with you in the storm? They were like, no. <laughs> so I was like, okay, what do I say now? And, and I said, well, maybe, maybe you don't have to see. Maybe you don't have to see. But can you believe? Can you believe? Do you yeah. have faith that he is with you in the bone? They said, yeah, I can do that. And I think Simeon's life is such a beautiful testimony that that's what his calling was, to just wait patiently, to not see, but to believe. And then mm-hmm. we start off in Advent of this beautiful transition where his eyes have been opened and he says, my eyes have seen your salvation. You have prepared it in the presence of all peoples. There is Jesus on display. God has been Mm. faithful to his promise. And I think that is such a good word for us. You know, sometimes Christmas can be really painful for the Redmonds. There's been a lot of loss in our story. And so sometimes that day can land hard. And I go, well, I'm not in the boat alone. I believe you're with me, but one day I'm going to see you. And I think that's such a beautiful kind of hug to wrap around the Advent season. Mm. I love that you pointed out, Beth. What a treat. I I I love this. I love that you were like, let's not miss that we're starting with Simeon here, Mm -hmm. who is just like this picture of like Advent, like embodied his calling is waiting. And who alone is worthy to like fulfill that like, 
the thing that he was waiting for. Yeah. In this case, baby Jesus, right? And I think that like, if we see ourselves as Simeon, Simeon got to like, behold salvation like the it's not in that reading that we have on sunday but he says the consolation of israel i think is how he refers to jesus waiting for the consolation the consolation of israel Israel. and like to think of okay yeah jesus is the consolation of rachel like the consolation of all people i think that's really sweet Yeah. yeah and i think of anna sitting there too i mean she was like you know there with simeon just waiting as well yeah And so we'll start, I mean, today on Monday, the first Monday of Advent, Mm -hmm. we will begin by looking at Jesus as the light of the world. And so the way that this reading plan is structured, for those of you that have a reading guide, it makes me so happy to picture you with those in your hands or on your iPads or however you have those, because we have had these in mind and in hand for a while now, mm-hmm. some version of them. And so it's so fun to see them in your hands now. And it's not too late if you want to grab one. But if you have that, I encourage you to start in the table of contents. Sometimes the table of contents is like a throwaway. Like you just, just are like, I'm just going to pass, like, yeah. you know, turn the pages and get to the real stuff. But listen to this week's reading. Every day we will ask Jesus to come, and both, as Beth said earlier, to acknowledge that He has come and to acknowledge that we are still waiting Mm -hmm. for His return. And so this week, starting on today, Monday, we will read, Light of the world, come. Man from heaven, come. Blessing for all people, come. Generous provider, Come into perfect sacrifice, come. And those are all names of Jesus, and those are all true statements of who he is mm-hmm. and why he came. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that you're like, well, first let the table of contents preach to your heart. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing. I mean, like, I feel like we say this every year, but if there's ever a time to have a reading guide with you, it's probably Advent because even before we get to days one and two and into the reading, you're going to get to like study the O antiphons, like that medieval like series of prayers that we'll start to actually as a community pray on the 17th of December together. And even in the middle of this week, we spend kind of a lot of time talking about practicing the presence of God. Yeah. And that's just all sort of like book or digital book exclusive content. But what is not book exclusive content mm-hmm. is getting into day two and really like starting that exercise. Like, okay, if this Advent we are going to think of Jesus as the fulfillment of these prophecies and also the prophecy yet to come, let's start with light of the world. Mm-hmm. And it's such a good place to start because that's where Genesis 1-1 started, and yeah. that's where John 1 started, and we get to read these things. And Beth, when you read John 1 and when you read Genesis 1, like in the context of Advent, like what is your response? Well, I was rereading Genesis 1, and I was just struck again, but the earth was formless, empty darkness, and there was... It was all darkness. And then God comes and then suddenly there's no blend. There's no merging. It's one thing and the other. It's night and day. It's light and darkness. And so then in John 1, John wants to make sure that we know that there is no doubt that this is Jesus, fully God, come to extinguish all darkness. Not a little bit, you know, Mm -hmm. not maybe one little bit. All of it and take you from one to the other. And I don't know how you like the lighting in your house, but I kind of like it kind of like, Matt calls it murky. I'm like, that's rude. (laughs) I call it mood lighting. And he will come in from work every day and he's like, it's so dark in here. And he'll flick on all the lights. And I'm like, you've ruined everything. You've (laughs) ruined everything. There's no vibes anymore. (laughs) We're just trying to find this happy medium. You know, when Jesus is talking about the darkness in his day, you know, there was no light to flick on when it got dark. It was dark and it would only get dark and it was very, very dark. So the fact that he called himself the light and John wants us to know the significance of Jesus as the game changer, it will no longer be as walking in, not just darkness, a little bit of darkness or a bit murky, absolute bleakness, formless emptiness. Jesus is going to come and he's going to light up the world. And it's for everyone. No one gets to say, I got left behind. I got left out. This light comes to bring 
everything out, expose it and put Jesus in the center and change everything eternally. And so I think we can't just read this and go, oh my gosh, that's amazing. It's like, no, we need to just like wait and ponder the wonder of what Jesus has done and will do again when he returns. I like that you called it the like a true game changer. Like mm-hmm. it is like dark all dark and nothing but dark. Like when yes. when when the sun goes down, it is dark. And yes. then he comes and there is like in him there is no darkness, yeah. right? Yeah. I heard somebody once say and I don't know whether there's any truth to this or not, but we could ask Jesus when we're with him. But I heard somebody once say that Genesis 3.15 wasn't actually the first prophecy, that Genesis 1.3 was, when God said, let there be light, that that was like mm. the first prophecy because the light is coming into the world. Yeah. I don't know if that's true or not, but I think that there is some beauty to like getting to like let your brain go there yeah. and go, yeah, like light is coming and it will be a game changer. It is like in Genesis, like at the creation of the world, everything is different. And when Christ comes, everything's going to be different. And when He returns, it'll be different forever. Yeah. There are implications to the light, right? And that's what struck me in the reading for Monday is that Mm -hmm. in John 8, we see that the light is life, Yeah, right? And in Genesis, we see that the light is good. In the Isaiah reading, we see that the light is for the world. It's going to bless all nations. (laughs) And also that the light is freedom, like you said, like bringing it into the light. So it is a game changer. And I mean, that is Jesus. (laughs) And that's the thing that we get to do like in our like exercise of Advent, like Mm -hmm. in the true exercising of, okay, if this is true, if Jesus is the light of the world, in what ways, and like these are kind of the reflection questions even in the in the reading guide, in what ways is it true? Is my life different that Jesus is the light of the world? And in what ways do I want to call him to bring light or for me to be able to see him as the light of the world and to really reflect on like these true things that we're reading, but then to connect them, you know, like really connect them into our days and into our waiting and our looking to Christmas Day. Yes. Yes. And I think like Advent's kind of a really cool time to do that because there's something about the Christmas season that is very light focused. Like we put lights on our Christmas trees, like talk about Mm -hmm. like mood lighting in a home bath. Like Mm -hmm. it's kind of the best time of year for like candles and Christmas lights. And like you're like really kind of turning off the overhead lights and you're just kind of getting things exactly how you want them. I don't actually have like a spiritual metaphor for that, but I'm sure that we could could come (laughs) up with Every time you strike that match to light that candle, Mm -hmm. you know, switch the Christmas tree on, we just get to think about John A. And when Jesus he spoke the word says I'm the light of the world anyone who follows me there again there's this you know inclusivity anyone Anyone who Mm -hmm. follows me will never walk in the darkness but will have the light of life you know that's an absolute always promise and anyone who's listening now says I don't I don't know that Jesus you know, I'm, I'm enjoying, I wanted to hear about Advent, but I don't know that Jesus. Then today you get to invite him to turn your life from darkness to light by saying, Jesus, I want to know you. I want to follow you. And that's the game changer. It's not getting that's close. Right. It's saying, no, I want you in my life. And when he mm-hmm. says, I'm the light, that's talking about the guide. You know, I am the guide. He calls himself the word and the word became flesh. Then we can follow him all the days of our life and he will light up the way for us. So you're not having to navigate alone, making decisions by yourself that you'll never be alone. You'll never be in darkness. So I just love even today, there's an invitation for anyone listening who says, I want to know this Jesus. I want to follow. That's right. That's right. Unrelated, but somewhat related, I would like to set up an automation in my home where when I turn on the Christmas light, the house plays an audio of Beth Redman reading John 8. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We can, can arrange down it. for Listen, that. Yeah. I'll come over. <laughs> yeah. And that's not real, but... The real thing is, like, Beth, you're right. Like, if we're breathing in and out, like, our prayers of gratitude, and if we are, like, in constant communion with the Lord, like, we can. Like, when we do strike a match or when we do turn on the Christmas tree or whatever it is, we can remind ourselves that, like, that the true light has come into the world and that life is the light of men. Yeah. So good. That what you were just describing, Beth, I feel like we need to read some of Isaiah 42 now. I know that we can't spend the whole hour on. The first day reading, but maybe we can. We can maybe do we should. We want. Um, We're the hosts. Listen, but, 
listen to this from Isaiah 42, starting in verse 5. This is what God the Lord says, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it and spirit to those who walk on it. I am the Lord. I have called you for a righteous purpose, and I will hold you by your hand. I will watch over you, and I will appoint you to be a covenant for the people and a light to the nations in order to open blind eyes, to bring out prisoners from the dungeon and those sitting in darkness from the prison house. I am the Lord, that is my name, and I will not give my glory to another or my praise to idols. The past events have indeed happened. Now I declare new events. I announce them to you before they occur. That invitation that you gave, Beth, this feels like this is part of that invitation, Mm. that you can be held by the hand by the God that stretched out the heavens. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, I love Isaiah 42. It, mm-hmm. it speaks so much about the character. One of the titles is like character of the servant. Mm. And it tells us about his nature in verse yeah. one to four. And then we move on into this passage. And it's not just the possibility, but the invitation. When you call this Messiah Lord, here's what he comes to do. You know, places that are in darkness are lit up. Eyes that can't see are open. Living in a prison That doesn't have to be a thing anymore. This is our Jesus. And I love, I was just meditating on Isaiah 42. When I was reading this, I kind of was like, can I just go back and look at the whole thing? And I just want to remind us of his gentleness. We are talking about a savior who can do powerful, impossible things. And that saying, God is gentle with you and he is gentle with me and even earlier in Isaiah 42 it talks about a bruised reed he will not break and a smoking flax he will not quench and and a reed was like a very fragile plant so if you've got like a broken one that thing's basically like it's over and Jesus is saying when I come it's going to be more than just coming out of a prison and and lights coming on. I'm going to deal so tenderly with you and put you back together. And also in a way, I'm going to gently blow on your life so that that light does not go out. I'm going to fan it back into flame. And this is our Jesus. I feel like I want Matt to come in and lead us in a little praise moment because I'm like, (laughs) this is like amazing, everyone. Yeah. This is our Jesus. Amen. We wouldn't be opposed if he decided to join us. He can come sing anytime. Open Mm -hmm. invitation. (laughs) Open invitation. Mm, I love that, Beth. That's so beautiful. How did you all, after reading this that we just discussed, and then going into Tuesday's reading where we read about the fall, it (laughs) felt especially heartbreaking to me. Not that it isn't all the time, but, you know, we read it fairly often, and it is familiar to me. But this time when I was reading this story from Genesis 3, I was so struck by the panic that they must have felt, you know, the first man and woman after their sin, and they hear God walking in the garden, you know, which would have been a familiar sound and a welcome sound. But this time when they heard it, they panicked Mm -hmm. and they hid. And it just, it broke my heart because it's so illustrative of our reality, you know, that we are ashamed of our sin, that we are very keenly aware of how we fall short and feel exposed, right? Yeah. How did it strike you guys this time after there was something about reading it after Light of the World? I don't know. Yeah. It's interesting when you said, like when you said the word panic, I actually, and you were referring to like how Adam and Eve must have felt. Yeah, yeah. Like part of it, I thought you were saying was like how we feel in reading it. Like when you're watching a movie and everything is beautiful mm-hmm. and then like that moment happens where like the main character like makes a horrible decision. Right. And, like you know, like when I read that and we'll get to this in Romans 5, but like through one man all sinned. And like yeah. and at the core, like I read this and in slow motion, I'm just going like, no. Because there's no going back after that. And I know that it's true. Like I've already yeah. read the book and I live the consequence. Like far as the curse is found mm-hmm. into 2023, here we are 
feeling keenly Mm -hmm. the consequences of the fall and the curse. And Mm -hmm. we're not only aware of it, but we participate in it. And so my reaction to what you said was just like, no, I actually feel the panic personally. That's fair. Because there's not a way back, but Jesus makes the way back, right? Yeah. Like that's... yeah. And that's kind of where we landed on day one when we closed with 2 Corinthians 4, the light of the gospel. You know, when we're reading Genesis 3, this wasn't an Adam and Eve problem. We're like, look what you did to us. Like, you ruined right. everything. Right. Yes, <laughs> This is a, a man, woman, sin problem. That's what this is. And it's going nowhere but death. There is Mm -hmm. no way Mm -hmm. now, you know, God's going to show up and make coverings. He's going to call them back into relationship, but they're under a curse. And so it's actually really important that we meditate, we go back to day one and say, what happened next Mm -hmm. is the light of the gospel, that this sin problem that spread to the whole world Mm -hmm. from our first breath, (laughs) born sinners, we were shown mercy when God sent Jesus, we were shown mercy, the master plan. And so how are we called to live? First of all, don't give up. Don't resign yourself to living lives of shame and defeat. Like, we're done. It's over. I'm just going to have coverings made for me and be separated and be under a curse. No, that's the whole covenant. You are under the new covenant where Jesus has come. And so what do we need to do? We need to live lives where it says actually renounce secret and shameful things. We live lives confessing what's in the darkness and stepping into the light. And I think then anxiety and panic does not have a foothold because Jesus allows us to experience peace where there was pain and shame and live despite our sin. But I also just was reminded of what's in all of us. When the woman saw the tree was good and it was delightful and it was desirable, I'm like, yeah, how many times a day am I distracted by Mm -hmm. things that are not of God, that are not Mm -hmm. good, but to me they're appealing and alluring and they're only sent as temptations to take me away. And that's why we've got to live in this confessional community where we go, thank you for the gospel of light. Like, there I go again, God, my wandering eye, my wandering heart, like I'm coming back. So I think it's beautiful. I'm so glad you led us back here to um, Genesis 3. It's such an important part of the story. It makes me think, Beth, of, remind me when this was, Amanda, but there's this devotional that I wrote that I think is probably in the She Reads Truth Bible about balloons. And I think it's kind of right around this passage. And my kids were little, and we went to the grocery store, and the grocery store hands out balloons to kids at the checkout. We get outside, little, like two-year-old Hazel, Let's go of her balloon, and it goes up into the sky. So there's one balloon between the two kids. And we get home, and the whole way home, the five-year-old and two-year-old are just, like, at it with each other, just, like, wanting that balloon. We get home the same. We put the kids down for a nap. I don't remember if it was the next morning, probably the next morning, not after the nap. But I noticed as we were getting, like, as we were, like, fixing breakfast and stuff, like, that balloon, it was just deflated and on the floor. It was this, like, object of desire that caused my children to hate each other because they loved the thing. But by the next morning, it was deflated and nobody wanted it. It was no longer appealing, but they had given up each other for the sake of this this balloon. And I think that everything that you're saying, Beth, about just like the things that like light our eye, (laughs) the things that like we desire. In Eve's case, it was this tree and it was desirable. But Anything that we desire and go after, and the title of this plan is the answer to this question, but like what alone is worthy of our desire? What alone is worthy of us forsaking all else and pursuing? And the answer is He alone is worthy of that. And so whether it's a shiny big red balloon that's deflated by the next day or whatever Mm -hmm. other thing we're going after and forsaking the law of God, forsaking our calling as believers, forsaking each other to go after whatever shines for a day, it will disappoint you. It will fail, and He alone will not fail. He alone will not disappoint. The pursuit of God is the only satisfying pursuit. That's it. Yeah. That's a good yeah. story, Rachel. How many yeah. of those moments have we had in our life? We're like, yeah, that <laughs> balloon. You're like, yeah, no. Yeah, notice <laughs> how I told I the story about my kids things. and not yeah. myself. <laughs> I can think of some things. Yeah. <laughs> oh, these kids, what childish ways. I've left yeah. childish ways behind me. <laughs> exactly. I feel um. you. <laughs> Hold up. 
Hey friends, pausing this conversation to tell you about one of our podcast sponsors, Haya. Now, it's no secret that typical children's vitamins are basically candy in disguise, right? They're filled with tons of sugar, unhealthy chemicals, and other gummy junk that your kids just don't need. That is why Haya was created. It is the pediatrician-approved, super-powered, chewable vitamin. It has 12 organic fruits and vegetables, 15 essential vitamins and minerals, and Haya has zero sugar. It's vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, nut-free, all the things you want in a children's vitamin. And somehow, kids still love it. And I have to tell you, so do all the moms with young kids here at the She Reads Truth office. So if you want to see if Haya is right for your family, we have a special deal just for you where you can get 50% off your first order. Just go to HayaHealth.com slash truth. Your first order will arrive with a super cute bottle that your kids can decorate with stickers. And then each month's supply of vitamins will arrive right at your door. You don't even have to think about it. This deal is not available on the regular website, so be sure to go to Haya Health, that's H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash truth and claim your discount and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Hey friends, Amanda here, taking a quick break to introduce you to one of our newest podcast sponsors, Healing Hands International. Rachel and I are so excited to partner with Healing Hands, first of all, because they are local here in Nashville. They are our actual neighbors and they are impacting the lives of women and men and children in over 30 countries around the world. Healing Hands International offers programs that provide clean water, agriculture, women's empowerment, disaster relief, educational supplies for children, all in the name of Jesus. And you and I are invited to participate in that. So this Advent season, as we are celebrating the birth of Jesus, I want to invite you to be a part of what Healing Hands is doing in the name of the one that we're celebrating. Head to hhi.org slash truth. That's hhi.org slash T-R-U-T-H and consider becoming a change maker. For as little as $10 a month, you and I can impact the real lives of image bearers around the world by helping to meet their most basic needs. Friends, if Jesus was clear about one thing, it is that we are to love as He has loved us. And I'm so thankful to Healing Hands International for giving us a simple, tangible, but really profound way to do that this Christmas season. And if you would like to give to Healing Hands as a gift to someone that you love, there is a section on your donor form, a notes section where you can put the name of a loved one and give in honor or in memory of them this Christmas season. So head over to hhi.org slash truth today. All right, friends, back to the show. Let's go to Romans 5. It feels like a lot to read the whole thing, but I kind of want to read the whole thing. I love this. We read it every Advent, but it's so significant in sort of laying the foundation for any Advent. The title of day three is Man from Heaven Come. And in Romans 5, we talk about the man from earth. We talk about Adam. And then we just, we know who we need. We need the man from heaven. Beth, would you read Romans 5 for us? Let's talk about it then. Yeah. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, in this way, death spread to all people because all sinned. In fact, sin was in the world before the law, but sin is not charged to a person's account when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who did not sin in the likeness of Adam's transgressions. He is a type of the coming one, but the gift is not like the trespass. For if by the one man's trespass the many died, how much more have the grace of God and the gift which comes through the grace of the one man Jesus Christ overflowed to the many. And the gift is not like the one man's sin, because from one sin came the judgment, resulting in condemnation. But from many trespasses came the gift, resulting in justification. And if by the one man's trespass death reigned through that one man, How much more will those who receive the overflow of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? So then, 
As though one trespass, there is condemnation for everyone. So also, through one righteous act, there is justification leading to life for everyone. For just as through one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners, so also through the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. The law came along to multiply the trespass, but where sin multiplied, grace multiplied even more, so that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace will reign through righteousness, resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. This Amen. is the word of the Lord. Yeah, thanks be to thanks God. Thanks be to God. Oof. I mean, there's the gospel right there. Yeah. And so when we say, man from heaven, come, I mean, we're saying he did come, and he's going to come again. And through him, grace abounds. Through him, life comes. Through him, light comes. It's a transition of who is reigning. Like, death reigned in Adam, but life reigns in Jesus. Grace reigns. We reign through Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it is a night and day shift. Yeah. Just yeah. like we described with the light. It really is. Mm. And then the First Corinthians, yeah. for just as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all will be made alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and grace has the last word. That's you know, right. where sin multiplied, grace multiplied. It canceled the sin. And so when we repent and we say, God, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? We're made clean. The grace of God is enough for us, despite all of the backstory that's painted here. Mm -hmm. And we're justified and we get to be called righteous because of the blood of Jesus and because the light of the gospel. Like This is the biggest win of all time. Amen. Amen. This makes me, it's doing what Advent is meant to do. It makes me just (laughs) eager and anticipate, like it's preparing my heart. It's preparing room. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right? The remaining days that we have this week are blessing for all people come, and then generous provider come, and I think it's, yeah, perfect sacrifice come. And I think that what we know as Bible readers is that the thing that is true of Jesus and only Jesus is that, you know, he, like when we say perfect sacrifice, he is the one perfect sacrifice, the only sacrifice that would work, but he's also the great high priest that offered the sacrifice. And in the same way, we get that generous provider. He's not only the provider, but he's the provision. Mm -hmm. And in the same way, like he's not just the blessing for all people, but he is the blesser of all people. Mm -hmm. And I love that as we like live in the like, in between two advents, we're also like living in like the dual reality of mm-hmm. that he is the blessing and the blesser, the provision and the provider, the sacrifice and the priest. Mm-hmm. So where do we want to go from here? Beth, do you is there one of these three days that you're like we can't not talk about this? <laughs> all of them. I mean, I loved the blessing for all people because I feel like it ties into this waiting game. Yeah. And actually there's fear that comes when you're like, this isn't ever going to happen, is it? Hmm. Yeah. And then hmm. God comes and it's like that balm. And hmm. he's saying, actually, don't be afraid. And so I think it's really important as we're waiting for Jesus's return. Like, is this ever going to, is this going to happen? How long, like, how long is it? How long, yeah. oh Lord, how long? And mm-hmm. this the aching and the longing and Simeon's life of waiting. And then suddenly God's faithfulness is like, he said he would and he will. And he right. says the same to Abram. He said he would and he does. Right. So I think that could be of huge comfort to anyone during Advent who's living between the now and the not yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. Just, I mean, the exercise of reading the Old Testament, like reading the prophecies, the promises of God, and reading like the record of these promises and prophecies being fulfilled shows that He is a trustworthy God, that His yeah. Word is good, and that what He says will come to pass will come to pass. And it's hard, Beth, like you're saying, like, how long, O oh Lord? Yeah. In the same way that Simeon and Anna just waited faithfully. And also probably just like, how long, oh, Lord? And also, how? How, Lord? You how know, are you yes, going to make it all, all new? Yeah, the story that Beth is referring to is from Genesis 15, and it is when God makes a covenant with Abraham, and or with Abram at the time. And so Abram has like an eye to his circumstances, right? Because it says in verse 2, When God says he's going to bless him, Abram says, Lord God, what can you give me since I am childless? Because all blessing 
all worldly blessing in the time of Abram was tied to your heir. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, you know, so Abram is looking at his circumstances and saying, but how are you going to do this? But God, we know, it's not that he's not looking at or unconcerned with Abram's or circumstances unaware. Yeah. or unaware. He is looking at a picture that encompasses so much more than that. That's right. And so God comes to him in verse 4 and says, oh, wait, this isn't going to happen the way, like you're trying to create a makeshift way for this to happen. I'm going to do the impossible and then some. Mm-hmm. And it's not just going to bless you and your lineage. It's going to bless all nations. So this is now like making no sense, right? Mm -hmm. Because Abram is like, first of all, how am I going to get a blessing? I don't have an heir. And now you're telling me I'm going to have an heir, but that heir is going to bless all people. And they continue the conversation. It's like, Abram is like, how? I mean, at one point he even laughs. You know, Mm -hmm. we always always pick on Sarah for laughing, but Abram laughed first. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And he's absolutely sure time's up. Yeah. yeah. In terms of the moment to have an heir has for sure passed. It's not a thing. So, you know, that causes fear in his life mm-hmm. because how could this possibly be? So he's trying to work out in his own flesh with his own eyes, looking in his community like there's a gap. It's not been filled. It's not going to happen. It's not a thing. And so God comes and I just love that he encourages him. The word of the Lord came to him. And so even today, I'm like, wherever you are, like whoever you are, go find your Bible. Mm-hmm. Like God mm-hmm. is still speaking. Is there yes. somewhere in your life where you say, do you know what? I get it. It's not going to be a thing. That dream, that desire, that longing, that waiting season. I'm just like, I'm giving up on that. Go get in the word of God because I believe just as God spoke to Abram, he's not like, he's so special. I say these things to him. No, he calls you a child of God and a friend of God. And he wants to speak to your waiting and maybe your hopelessness and breathe life just how he did to Abram. And so he says, actually, here's a prophecy for you. (laughs) This one will not be your heir. Instead, one who comes from your own body will be your heir. And he took him outside and said, look at the sky and count the stars. And if you are able to count them, then he said to them, your offspring will be that numerous. So We start this conversation with it's over, it's not a thing, and God gives him this mind-blowing, impossible prophecy that comes to pass, and then blink and Sarah's pregnant, and then Mm. here we are living in the fulfillment of the promise. And the Word of God says that's what's going to be like when Jesus comes back. It's going to be like, here we are aching and longing, and look at the world, God. Like, do you see what I see? Like, it's only getting worse. Where are you? And in the blink of an eye, He is coming back for His people, and He will be faithful to the promise. And so I think these stories remind us, just do not give up. God is faithful. Yeah. Mm, Amen. Yeah. We read just a few, a handful of verses from Galatians on that same day that we read that passage from Genesis 15. And something struck me that I hadn't noticed before, and I'm just going to read these three verses. You know then, this is verse 7, Galatians 3, you know then that those who have faith, these are Abraham's sons. Now the scripture saw in advance that God would justify the Gentiles by faith. So God, this is the all nations part, right? That God is justifying not just Israel, not just the Jews, but everyone, the Gentiles by faith, and proclaimed the gospel ahead of time to Abraham, saying, all the nations will be blessed through you. Consequently, those who have faith are blessed with Abraham who had faith. That this story, that Abraham's story was a proclamation of the gospel Mm -hmm. a thousand plus years before Jesus. Because the gospel is, this is good news for all people. But we'll read it in Luke 2 when the angels will say, this is good news for all people. And that this is it's the same story, mm-hmm. that God has mm-hmm. been writing the same story since Abraham. Mm-hmm. Well, and we get to even like see sort of like a continuation, like a midpoint of that story when we read from John 8. We're not going to read John 8 right now because we're never going to make it through anything if we keep like stopping and reading the whole thing. But also, (laughs) y'all listening, you know, like if you're listening to this on Monday, this is your kickoff. This is your pep talk to like Mm -hmm. be a woman in the Word of God every day this week. And 
one of your homework assignments on Wednesday, one of your invitations is to read that story where Jesus talks with the Pharisees about Abraham. And you're going to get to see, you know, where Jesus is going, like, you want to be free? Like, the truth will set you free. Yeah. And when they say, like, you're not even 50 years old, like, how yeah. can you say you've seen Abraham? And Jesus looks at them, like, right in the eye and says, before Abraham was, I am. And mm. you, like— it's a beautiful story of just like the power and the fulfillment of prophecy in Jesus that is like an even better. You know, God gave a promise to Abraham and kept it all the way, like exactly as he said he would. And Jesus comes and is yeah. like the ultimate fulfillment of that prophecy that all nations being blessed through Abraham comes true in Jesus. Yes. And so you're going to get to read that this week. So I we always tread the line on the podcast of like, how much do we say and how much do we just say, go read it because it's yes. so good. And the things that we see when we're reading are awesome and like special. And the things that you're going to see when you read it are just as awesome and special. And awesome and special are like terrible, two terrible <laughs> adjectives. But my encouragement is to have that personal encounter and to yeah. not just listen to our personal, like our personal experiences we encounter scripture. Yeah. Yeah, that's so beautiful. And it's it's really skillful how you weaved in that passage from Galatians. So we're, we're going from Genesis and we're in the Gospels and now we're in Galatians and it shines the light on the significance of Abram's story. And he's saying, consequently, those who have faith are blessed with Abraham who had faith. And the purpose was that the blessing of Abraham would come to the Gentiles by Jesus Christ so that we yeah. could receive the promised spirit through faith. And maybe that's what week one of Advent is going to do, that actually there's been some beautiful moments of acknowledging, yeah, there might be grief and loss. And maybe like Abram there, there might be some fear. But this week, as we look up at Jesus and we look into the word of God, which breathes yes. back to us, that we would be people in the waiting of faith and say that tangible thing that we saw you do for Abraham, that gift of Isaac it's going to be like that Jesus is coming. He is coming and that we would be people of faith. What a beautiful way to end the week. Mm. Yeah, I love that. On that note, as Beth, you're just so beautifully expressing this. And one thing that you may not know is that there is there's a focus on practicing the presence of God and specifically prayer in this Advent experience. And so I want to encourage you all, whether you are walking through Advent with us for the 12th time mm -hmm. or the first time, to let this be a season, not just of reading about Jesus, yeah. let it be that, but encountering Jesus, engaging mm -hmm. with Jesus. And so a way to do that is through prayer. And if you have the reading guide, you'll see there's a pages long extra about practicing the presence of God to just give you some sort of tangible tips on what that can look like. And prayer is part of that. Worship is part of that. Mm -hmm. You know, there are different ways to practice the presence of God. But to keep in mind what you said, Beth, at the beginning of the episode, that this is a reality. And it's a reality all the time. But in Advent, we like to remind ourselves of the reality of God's presence and of who Jesus is and why He came and that he is coming back. And so just I just encourage you all to lean in. In the reading guide, there are moments for reflection every day. There's even an extra prayer journal that you can purchase if you want, but you also can just open any notebook and pray and just... You know, it doesn't have to look a specific way. It just is about talking with the Lord and engaging your heart with Jesus. That's right. Yeah. So good. All right, friends. I like that we began. Beth, you started us off in this episode with Simeon and Luke 2. Mm -hmm. And y'all know that that is for the first two weeks of Advent, the first two Sundays, that's our memory verse. Like that's yeah. what we are not just reading, not just discussing, but we're committing that to memory so that when we, I mean, I said I wanted an automation in my home when I turned on the Christmas tree, <laughs> Beth Redmond would read, what do we say, John 8? So that's an option. But what if when we turn on the lights in our Christmas tree, we recite it? Like, what if we committed to memory and recited Luke 2 that says, For mm -hmm. my eyes have seen your salvation. You have prepared it in the presence of all peoples. 
This is something that like we can carry with us. We can say it to each other, to our families. We can thank the Lord for the truth of that. And I think that's just a beautiful way to not just mm-hmm. start the episode, but to end it. What do you say, Beth? Well, I think that's got like the woe and the wow. Yeah. Oh, the, the wow is like the comfort of like, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> who else doesn't know this? Like, everyone needs to know this. Yeah. Mm. And then the woe is the miracle, like, Let's not forget the miracle of what's happening is that yeah. Mary was able to, you know, conceive a child through God. The Holy Spirit came on her. Jesus is born. Mm-hmm. And then Simeon gets to behold and see God's promise work is, is now here in its fulfillment. So I think it's the, you know, leaning in and ending on the woe and the wow. Amen. Good. I love that. I love that. Well, Beth, you're just, I mean, please come back every Advent, every time. <laughs> You're such a fantastic guest. Thank you for coming. Well, thank you for being amazing friends too and for what you're doing. So faithful. And this is beautiful, this book. Everyone needs this. It's so beautiful. So thank thank you. you. All right. Well, friends listening, come back next week. Our friend Candice Cameron Bure is going to be our guest for week two of Advent. I say our friend, we haven't actually gotten to record with her yet. So obviously, we assume we will be friends. Assume friendship. Yeah, assume friendship. (laughs) Hope she doesn't mind. So that's next week. And a reminder, as we've talked, the three of us, and as y'all have engaged with this first week of Advent, We've said a couple of times that phrase, everything new. And when we talk about that, we're saying that when Jesus returns, He promises, He vows to us, and He is the promise keeper, the fulfillment of the promise. He is all the things that He will make everything new. And that not only will He, but He is actively making everything new. And you may already know this, but in case you don't, I want to invite you to our first study of the new year of 2024. It is a six-week series called Everything New, and we're going to, as a community, starting January 1st, open our reading guides, open our Bibles, come together and talk about that and like the present reality coming out of Advent into what it means to be a people that God is making new, and in what ways is He making everything new, and in what ways will He make everything new. So this is going to be a really special series. It's brand new. We're really excited about it. I'm told there's a code if you go to shopshereadstruth.com and enter the code Everything New Five. That's the number five. You can get five dollars off any products in the Everything New collection. So I want to invite you to that as we're closing, just so that you can be prepared in the busy season to make sure you have that copy. If you're a subscriber, that book is already coming to you this month, so no worries. But either way, we hope that you will join us for that. We hope that you'll come back next week for Candace Cameron Bray. And until next week, dear Beth Redman, what do we tell our friends? Keep opening your Bibles. 